been listening to Finish Well Radio on the Ultimate Radio Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm your host, Meredith Curtis, and I'm so, so, so excited that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about 12 happy habits and however old you are. If you're a teen, if you're a young adult, if you're a parent, if you're an older person, (laughs) all of these habits are worth building in your life. I also want to wish everyone a happy new year. We're a little bit into the year 2019, so I don't know when you'll listen to this you listeners out there, but we're hoping and praying for a great year, and I hope that the Lord blesses and prospers you in every way, whether it's close to New Year's when you listen to this, or just right at any time of the year. So I am going to talk about habits that will bring you joy, success, and blessing, not only to you, but to the people around you. And I want to start off by telling you about my friend TJ. TJ is your typical 20-year-old guy. He goes to college. He loves to play video games. He is <laughs> he is so fun to hang out with. And he's just all around a great guy. But there's one thing about TJ that is not your typical 20-year-old guy, and that's that In all the time I've known him, and I've known him since he was about 12 years old, he has never walked by me when I'm carrying something and not said, hey, Miss Meredith, can I carry that for you? And that is a consistent pattern or habit in his life. I am not kidding. He's such a blessing. And recently, I was preparing for a Christmas party, kind of setting up after church, and everyone that usually helps me was busy, and some of the people who had said they could help couldn't help at the end. And so he found me, and I was setting up, and he said, are you doing this all by yourself? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to help you. And he helped me till the very, very end. And I just told my husband later, I don't know what I would have done without him because he was such a blessing. That is because he's a great person, but also because he has this habit in his life that I'm going to talk about the habit TJ has later, but he has a habit that... He didn't pop out of his mother's womb and say, oh, wow, I love to serve. But his parents modeled it for him, and they praised him when he did it, and it became a habit in his life. So I'm going to talk about 12 habits that are worth forming. And as you can guess, these habits come from the Word of God. They just seem so practical. It's like if I said, okay, guys, here's 12 ways of God, you would say, well, these are just like little habits. So yeah, they are little habits, but they're also habits that God has for us to make our life more joy-filled and to experience more blessings. So I'm going to start with 12 habits that I'm going to encourage you to build in your life if they're not there already. And if they are there already, I'm going to encourage you to have a big smile and say, I am so blessed. So starting with the first habit, and that start each day with the Lord. My husband and I were teenagers when we got saved. We didn't know each other. He was up in the north. I was down in Florida. But both of us just fell in love with Jesus. And we loved his word. We loved to read his word. We loved to pray. 
and we formed habits on our own each morning of reading the Bible, praying, giving the Lord our day, saying, hey, Lord, I know you have good works today. Don't let me miss them. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with love for people, for you. And we just began to start our days that way. And then lo and behold, we found that throughout history, men and women of God have done the same thing. They've started their day with the Lord, with prayer, with the word, and it's made a very big difference in their lives. So that's habit number one. Habit number two is start each morning with five things. Now, most of you, when you hear this, you're going to say, oh my goodness, that is so basic. But start out by brushing your teeth and hair, making your bed, getting dressed and tidying up your room. Now, some of you say, okay, I brush my teeth and sometimes I brush my hair, but make my bed. And by the way, I'm a homeschooled teen. I stay in my pajamas all day. (laughs) So, well, you know what? This is your choice, which of these, but I'm just going to share with you why that's a habit in my life and why I've tried to ingrain this in my children. Because little bacteria... They are just thriving happily on your teeth all night. So the really best habit you can get into is brushing your teeth before you go to bed. So there's no sugar for the little bacteria to eat. But then when you wake up in the morning to brush them and get rid of them all so you can start the day fresh. Now you can still brush your teeth after breakfast and after lunch and after dinner. But that right before bed to clean out the sugars and right when you wake up to clean out the bacteria is a really great health habit for your teeth. Also brushing your hair. (laughs) A friend of mine spent the night last night and I was reading my Bible and he walked downstairs today and his hair was just a mess and I I was just kind of smiling because, (laughs) I mean, my hair is so funny when I wake up in the morning. But there's something that feels good about brushing your hair, getting dressed, and making your bed. And I always thought, I must be crazy. Why is making the bed such a big deal to me? Because it was really important. Like when my kids were little, they had to do these five things before they ate breakfast. And let me tell you, if you're building a habit, hunger is a great motivator for this habit. But I saw this video and it was by a military guy. He wasn't a sergeant, but I think he was in the Marines and he was an officer in the Marines. And he was just saying why they have their recruits make an all and throughout the whole time you're in, you know, in the military, you have to make your bed every day when you're living in barracks or something like that. And he went on how to describe how when you start your day like that and you make your bed and you do a good job, you have already, by the time you go eat breakfast, you've already done something and you've done it well. It's not really hard to do a good job making your bed. And there's a sense of accomplishment that it gives you to make your bed well. Now, tidying your room is a different thing because some people, they tidy their room and It's very easy to tidy their room, and other people, it's like, oh, wow, there's no way I could tidy my room. My room is a disaster. Like, right now, Christmas has just ended, and my room is still a disaster. So I don't really tidy my room a whole lot, just a little bit, but when you get your room to a place that it's easy to pick up, it's such a good idea. Like, maybe you forgot to put something in the hamper. Maybe you left some things out, and just quickly tidy up, and then you go downstairs. I remember 
Someone told me this once. A room is like a safe place, a shelter. It's where you can go to sleep. It's where you can go to pray. It's where you can go to rest. So to have that area be tidy and your bed made, it just makes all the difference in it feeling like such a peaceful, comfortable place. So anyway, the second habit is your five things. To brush your teeth, brush your hair, get dressed, make your bed, and tidy your room. The third habit is to greet people. The Bible talks about that, to greet people. Greet one another, it says. Greet all people, especially your leaders. And so we greet people. We say good morning. We say hello. We say goodbye. It makes such a difference in a family. I've been... In families where no one says anything, people just get up, they eat their breakfast, they leave the house. But what a difference it makes when you get up and say, good morning, how did you sleep last night? Or good morning, I'm so glad to see you this morning. And it just expresses love. Greeting people expresses love. When you walk into, when someone comes into your house or you walk into someone's house to say hello, when they leave to say goodbye with older children, there's so much coming and going. And it's so nice to stop and say, hey, mom, I'm going to college now and saying goodbye or hey, I'm home rather than just coming in and out. It builds relationships to greet people and it communicates to others that you care about them and that you're a friendly person and that you're a person who cares about people. So the third healthy, happy habit is greeting people. The fourth happy habit is to listen and to ask questions. Many times, especially when I was a teenager, I would be listening to someone talk, but I wasn't really listening at all. Instead, I was thinking about what I wanted to say back. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but the Bible says that a wise man listens, that he is slow to speak quick to listen, slow to speak. It says that in James 1. It also talks in Proverbs about a man of understanding is able to draw things out of the heart of a man. Of course, that's a really big paraphrase. But there's something about the skill of listening, listening to the point that you want to know more. Okay, wait, can you explain that a little? Because I hear you saying this, and I'm wondering, do you ever feel like this? Or have you ever done this? What happens when you build the habit of listening and asking questions is you communicate to other people, I care about you. I care about your life. I care about what you're going through. And whether or not you become a counselor or a salesman or a manager or the president of a company, or start your own business and need that skill. In any relationship in your life, if you can develop the habit of listening and asking questions, you will reap the benefits in your relationship. It's just like greeting, but in a deeper level, it communicates love. The fifth happy habit is, like my friend TJ that I mentioned at the beginning is to look for opportunities to serve and to go the extra mile. So it's not just saying when someone says, hey, can you help me? Saying, sure, I'd love to help you. But it's actually looking for those opportunities. And I cannot tell you how much it means to have young people especially have a heart to serve. I remember when my husband and I were in our early 20s and we had two little babies and we had gone to this conference that was in, I believe, Illinois. 
And we had driven there and we were tired and we arrived and we had all these suitcases in our car. And there were five young guys that met us and they were part of the conference too. And they said, hey, can we help you unload your car? And I thought, please, I will kiss your feet if you unload our car. They did. They helped us carry in all of our stuff. And what a blessing. Not only did it make our load lighter, but it communicated love. There's something about serving others and having that heart to serve that makes other people feel valuable because you would take the time to invest in them. And, you know, the truth is we reap what we sow. You will definitely reap that back in your life. The sixth healthy habit is to plug into a local church. Now, I realize that going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like being in a garage doesn't make you a car, but a garage is a good place for a car. And the Bible does talk to us about being plugged in to a local church and fulfilling the one another's. Love one another, pray for one another, mourn with one another, rejoice with one another. And all of that happens in a local church. And so... Get in the habit, not just of attending church, but being plugged in where you build relationships, where people matter to you and you matter to them, where you're learning the word, you're applying the word, and people are there to help you through rough times and you're there to help them through rough times. And you're all able to work together on the mission to make disciples of the entire world. This is amazing. And I know that There are people that have the habit of attending church, but not plugging in. And there are people that don't even have the habit of attending church. The Bible says, do not forsake the habit of meeting together. And it calls it a habit. And so I think that's very interesting that it says, don't forsake the habit of meeting together. So I would encourage you, have the habit of not only attending a local church, but of plugging in with the people there and being a blessing to them and letting them be a blessing to you. The seventh happy habit is to tithe. I cannot tell you how often in our lives that we paid our tithe and then there was no money left for groceries or maybe for anything else that we needed. And we still paid our tithe. And you're probably thinking, are you crazy? And nope, we just know how God's economy works. And his economy works like this. If you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added unto you. What I quoted from was Matthew 6, but it also says in Malachi that to bring in the full tithe to the Lord and test him. And it's the only place that God says to test him. So many times when people come to us with money problems, my first question is, do you tithe? And if they don't tithe, I really encourage them to tithe. Bring the tithe into your local church. And so often I have watched finances turn around because people just make the decision to bring in the full tithe to the Lord. It's a great, great habit. And the next habit is really similar. It's to live on a budget. And that has to do with the principle of being content, of avoiding greed, Because the Bible says that greed is idolatry. And so often we go into debt because we just want something and we have to have it. And whether it's God's will or not, we are going to get it. And we just made a decision in our life that God will show us if it's his will for us to have something, 
by providing financially for us to buy it. And when you get into a situation where you decide, I want to live debt-free, you end up having to save money for things. And so a large chunk of your income ends up going to save, like, okay, we're saving for our next car. Okay, we're saving for house. Okay, we're saving for that TV we want. And so it is a very different way of doing finances than is popular in America in this time. But wow, what a difference. People who live debt-free have so much less stress. So anyway, it's just very exciting to see God move in finances as we give to the Lord first and then as we live with contentment in a frugal way. I have four more happy habits. And then how do you get from wanting to do one of these things into making it happen? I'm going to talk about that next. So go ahead and stay tuned. We'll be right back. And first, there's a word from our sponsor. Powerline Productions wants to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Because of this, we offer a wide variety of books and ebooks about homeschooling, homeschool classes, and Bible study workshops like Real Men Build. Pastor Mike and Meredith Curtis, along with their daughter Katie Beth Curtis, have written this comprehensive Bible study to help men of all ages grow in leadership in the home, in the church, and in the world. Learn more at PowerlineProd.com. That's P O W E R. L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D dot com. Powerline Productions. Being world changers, raising world changers. Listening to Finish Well Radio on the Ultimate Radio Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Hey, welcome back. I'm so excited you're here. We've just shared eight happy habits, and now I have four more. So, number nine is do everything with excellence. Now, it can be so easy to be shipshod in the way we do certain things. And before I continue, I am not talking about being a perfectionist. I am certainly not a perfectionist. And I encourage all perfectionists <laughs> to get healing. <laughs> so if you're a perfectionist and you think I'm saying, hey, you should all be perfectionists, I am not. And if you're not a perfectionist, I don't think you should be one. But I do think that we can all do things with excellence. And the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. So in each thing that I do, I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm washing my dishes for Jesus. I am doing the laundry for Jesus. I'm studying for tests for Jesus. I am reading the literature book for Jesus. And I'm doing it with excellence. I'm not just being lazy. I'm not just getting by. But I have a sense that I'm going to give the best I have to this because I want in the end to say to the Lord, this is for you. And when we get that in our spirits, it changes everything. 
And I remember, you know, I'm a worship leader and I ask my worship team to practice. And I say, because we want to bring our best. When we come to rehearsal, we want to bring our best. So if you practice the songs at home, then you're going to bring your best to rehearsal. Then as a team, we're going to work together and then we're going to bring our best to the Lord in the service. But it's just a principle for all of life. If anything is worth doing, it's worth doing well. And let me tell you, if you build this as a habit in your life, your employers will be so grateful for you. They will. And your children, your spouse, they will be so grateful because they'll know my husband is not going to just do a really bad job of painting our house. He's going to do a great job. My wife is going to do a great job of raising our kids. She's just not going to slough it off. That was number nine. Number 10 is eat fresh foods in a variety of colors. Now, notice I didn't give you like, okay, drink 20 cups of water a day and eat this way. And because you will see in your life that there are nutrition fads and they go in and out. I've actually heard People say you shouldn't drink water. You should get all your water from food. I've had other people say you should drink like half your weight in water. And it's like, oh my goodness. When I was young, coconut oil was taboo. And now it is, oh wow, coconut oil is so awesome. And so you will see that food fads come and go. But something that always stays in style is, because it actually is real and true, is fresh food. So that would be, you know, like fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, and whole grains, meat that's not packed with hormones and things, just fresh, good food in a variety of colors. And why do I say colors? Because there's certain vitamins like vitamin A is in carrots, and you've got vitamin C in your citrus fruits, and you've got B vitamins in your grains. And so if you have a wide variety of colors, like you've got yellow lemons and grapefruits and orange oranges and carrots, and you've got purple eggplant and purple grapes, and of course, all kinds of green and red apples and red cherries and all of these different foods, brown bread and white chicken and just different colors. You're going to see that all of your nutritional needs will be met and you're not going to have to be like, oh my goodness, this food is taboo because God declared all things clean. But the best thing is to eat food that is good for you, fresh, and then a variety of it. So number 11 is exercise regularly and cultivate a life sport. Exercise, maybe you played football that you think, oh, I don't know if I want to play football at 40 because I'll probably end up in the emergency room, but you really love football. You might end up having a life sport of basketball. Let me just explain a minute what I mean is that exercise is really good for you. And now because our lives are really not very active, even when we have careers where we stand, like being a surgeon or being a nurse, we're just kind of standing, like we're not running, we're not using our muscles. And so we live very sedentary lives. So you really almost have to add exercise to your life so that you can keep your heart healthy and your muscles healthy. You may play team sports right now Think about in terms of the rest of your life. What is something that you could learn to do now that you would enjoy doing when you're 70? Because if you love to play tennis, you are so much more likely to exercise because you'll want to play tennis a couple times a week 
than if you just, oh, I just have to go to the gym and work out. And I'm not saying it's bad to do that because I loved dance when I was young and I do Zumba. I love Zumba. I know people who love cycling and there are a lot of things you can do at the gym that are really fun. But especially if, you know, I have a friend named Cole and he's an older guy and he can go out and play basketball with these young guys and he can put them in their place. And that is pretty amazing. But He's just always loved basketball and he's always tried to find where he can go to play basketball a couple times a week. So think about yourself and as you're thinking about exercise and working out, find something you really enjoy. Try out a lot of different things and then find a sport that you really enjoy. Running is great. Tennis basketball. You can stay playing softball when you're older because there's a lot of softball teams and minor league baseball teams if you're like super good. So anyway, that is just a good healthy habit to have. And my final one is if you make a mess, clean it up. And by that, I mean, if you make your lunch and you pulled out the bread and the mayonnaise and the knife to spread the mayonnaise and all the innards for the sandwich and then afterwards there's crumbs all over and the bread's open and you walk away, that's not making a mess and cleaning it up. So just put everything away and wipe down the counter. But not just in the practical. Not just, you know, you pulled the pillows off the couch to lay down on the floor So when you stand up, you put them all back. But what about if you make a mess relationally? What about if you do something that brought harm or hurt to someone? Then it's your responsibility to clean it up and have that mentality. If I make a mess, I'm going to clean it up. So those are my 12 happy habits. And I promise you, you will delight the people in your life and you will really strengthen your relationships if you build these habits into your life. But how on earth do you build a habit into your life? Because I know that over in my life, some of the goals I've made for myself, you know, like I used to always make myself New Year's resolutions. <laughs> some of those resolutions have become patterns of living. And you probably have dreams in your head. You say, I wish I was more disciplined. I wish I was this. I wish I had a servant's heart, but I just don't and stuff like that. And so how do you build that habit? The first thing I do is I figure out what is God's heart for me. So to know his will, I get into the word of God. For example, in some of the things I've shared, I know my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit because it says so in the word. You know that you're supposed to honor your parents because it says so in the word. You know that the Bible says God blesses hard work and all hard work brings a profit. And he desires unity in relationships. So you know those things. And so when I know that I have a biblical foundation for my goals, it gives me a lot of confidence that God will help me. Part of building a goal into a habit is having confidence in God that he will be with you and help you. So once I make a goal, I make it measurable and simple. So I remember God is with me, he's for me, he's not against me, and he will help me to be faithful if I look to him and draw from his strength. So say, for example, I decide I want to get in the habit of doing my five things. And just say, I'm not going to do all five. I'm just going to do four. I want to get up, brush my teeth and hair, make my bed and get dressed. 
And so how do I do that? I first start with prayer and just saying, Lord, this is what I'd like to build in my life. Will you help me? Will you give me the grace? Will you give me the encouragement to keep going? And then I just start a measurable goal. Maybe I'm not going to do all four each day. Maybe I'm just going to say my goal this week is that every day I'll get up and brush my teeth and brush my hair. And that's measurable. It's not difficult. Like that's not a really high, lofty, unattainable goal. It's pretty easy. Like if I do it, it will take me five minutes. And so I might have my alarm go off with a message that says time to brush your hair and teeth, you know, or something like that. Or I might have someone ask me, hey, did you get up and brush your hair and teeth? (laughs) Don't smell my breath to find out something like that. But I like to start small and build up. So say I want to start having a quiet time every day. I might not start out by saying I'm going to spend an hour with God every day, but I would probably say I want to spend five minutes each day reading the Bible and praying. And then I'm going to build up to 30 minutes in a year's time. That way I don't crash and burn. It's easy. It's attainable. And it's measurable. Like I either know I did or I didn't. And so if you're like me, and I really hope you're not, you will find that when you are trying to make goals into habits, that you have a lot of failure, especially in your early weeks. It almost feels like you're in a battle, and maybe you are in a battle. But I just refuse to give up. Like, I might fail every day for 29 days, and I still refuse to give up. I am going to keep going. I am going to make this a habit in my life with God's help because this is something that will benefit me and it will benefit everyone in my life. So perseverance is the key to building up a habit. So no matter how many times you blow it, just don't give up. Just keep trying and don't give up and don't give up and don't give up and reward yourself. Like if you have a whole week where you have greeted everyone in your life, hello, good morning, goodbye, then treat yourself to something that would bless you, like maybe a Hallmark Christmas movie. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you that over a long period of time, goals become habits. And over a longer period of time, habits become patterns of living that are a blessing to you. And they just become so ingrained that you don't even think about. I don't get out of bed and think, oh, I'm going to brush my teeth. I just do it automatically. My friend TJ doesn't wake up and think, oh, if someone needs help, I'm going to serve them. He just does it. It's a habit in his life. And what a blessing when we do things that honor Christ, bless one others around us and do good to our ourself. What a blessing when we do those things without even thinking. So I hope that this has inspired you and you will come up with your own list of 12 happy habits, or maybe you'll use mine. And I hope and pray that you will make some goals and that those goals will become habits and those habits will become patterns of living. God bless you until next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.